from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. Should you be required to have liability insurance if you own a gun, Spike O'Neill is just sweating in anticipation with his anti-gun rage that he's going to unleash in about five minutes. A (laughs) A communist teacher is in trouble yet again because Jason, my good friend Jason Rantz, just can't leave this Marxist communist alone. Gee whiz, this guy just keeps stepping in it, and then Jason keeps noticing, and Jason keeps writing about it, so we keep talking about it. But there's a larger issue behind the headline, which is that this is a national problem, not just a Washington problem, not just a chief self problem. This is going around all across the United States. I didn't see it as a problem, but I can't wait to hear what you have to say. But before we get to all of that, Laura today came to us, and this is very important. This has a meta point that I think that people need to to take in. If you're a consumer of media, if you're mm-hmm. a conscientious consumer, conspicuous consumer, one might say, of media, you might notice that when you take media in, it can make you happy, it can make you sad, it can make you angry, it can make you feel despair. It's like eating food, right? Spike O'Neill likes to start every day with six cups of coffee and a couple shots of espresso. That's why he has a heart attack. And a half dozen of the uh, your, uh, sugar-glazed, <laughs> right. uh, home-baked kind of goodies. So, right? he, so he sets the tone. Right. So I, I'm constantly talking to people about their media diet and how if you want to be less angry at the world, you actually have to read things and you actually have to understand things. And you just don't, don't let other people do your thinking for you, whether it's Sean Hannity or Rachel Maddow. Try to do your own research so that you can have an emotionally healthy approach to the news. It's a technique I use myself. Laura came to me. I opened the the pre-show rundown, and I see that Laura wants us to talk about a dead baby orca right at the top of the show. show, No one's ever accused me of being emotionally healthy. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm looking at this story, and I'm reading this story about this orca that was born last year that wasn't seen with the pod, and the researchers presume that it's dead, and it's very sad because it's a baby-endangered creature. And I thought, Laura, let's just think about this. We open the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jack and Spike show. Y'all like dead orcas? That's a pretty rough way to start. How about a baby? Hey, how about now? So it's basically like saying... Uh, what what's the worst thing that you could think of? Here it is, and oh, I, yeah, I not, not much worse than a, a, a baby orca, right? But thankfully, Laura got it immediately, which is why Laura is a fantastic producer. But it made me think about it like this: think about the amount of shows that start off, whether it's sixty minutes or nightly news with David Muir with his excellent hair. Think about they always start off with doom, death, destruction, whatever it is. And then people wonder why, as a society, people are not very optimistic, cynical, depressed, whatever it is, is because we seek out danger. We have an evolutionary – it's embedded into our mind to seek out danger. And because danger is no longer a woolly mammoth or a tribe that lives over in the other valley, now danger is all around us. So when we see this story about a baby orca dying or Hannity talking about how the country's falling apart or Rachel Maddow talking about how fascism is on the rise, all of that goes into people's minds. And then they feel bad because they don't get to see something like a beaver being rehabilitated and then released back into the wild. <laughs> or, do you know what He's I'm now able to chew his own wood. Exactly. It's a beautiful story. Exactly. Well, we'll never do that to you. We'll never open with a dead baby orca. Okay. Thank so. you so I'm much. I'm so glad Laura. we, we uh, nearly. You. <laughs> so, 
What was the movie called coming out? Oh, Dead Willie. Dead Willie. Hey, yeah, Disney's, we were going to stay away from. We were going to try to stay away from from your awful jokes that you guys were making. What was dark? What was the one that you said? Remember, I think it was like the last splash or something. Oh yeah, right, last splash. That's right. Yeah, these two chuckleheads were making jokes about a dead. We laugh so we don't cry, Jack. You guys were crying from laughter. Is what I saw. You guys were just went so dark. We didn't open the show with this. Thank goodness. Thank goodness we didn't go there. Set a positive tone. My point is, is like you know, people ask me. Sometimes they say, Jack, how do you work in the media with, you know, dead kids, dead Israeli kids? It's horrible news on a, on a regular basis. You know what I do? I have a feed on my phone, which is exclusively uplifting positive news. That's usually about disabled animals or kids with developmental oh, the, disabilities. Oh, the dogs with the wheelchairs? Dogs with the wheelchairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Or like I, I saw one as a little baby horse, a little fawn getting resuscitated by a good old boy farmer awesome. who knew how to oh. resuscitate because it was stillborn yeah. and he knew how yeah. to get it going. And I was just like weeping. That's how you have to, you know what I mean? You have to take in stuff that pleases you or that, that you realize that the world is, is this Because awful, the, ba- the bad news place. is going to get in. You have to balance it out with some positive That's what I've been telling visuals, you. positive information. Well, I did pitch a larger conversation about salmon culverts and dam removal in the Pacific boring, Northwest. Boring, boring, boring. Mm-hmm. What's exciting, <laughs> what's exciting, other than all that nonsense, is communism. That's right. Everybody loves a good... They loves a good commie story. Everybody loves a story about the, the red communists over there. So there's this Seattle teacher who broke his silence to uh, support Hamas and also claim ACAB. This is a person who Jason Rance has been covering for a very long time. Because this guy, uh, Ian Golosh, can't really start, stop doing awful things in their classroom, ranging from, let me back up like two steps here. Uh, I understand that it's important for kids to learn about uh, transgender uh, uh, medicine or or like uh, homosexuality. And I understand it's important for kids to engage in ethnic studies or whatever it is. But when you have a lesson plan, in which you you tell your students that if you sexually identify as straight, it's offensive because it says that non-straight people are crooked. Not only are you factually incorrect, you're also, I'll use this word, you are literally brainwashing children at that point in time. Because they, if you're a teacher, you can go up to a child and you can say two plus two equals milk and they will write it down and you'll go, and they'll go, oh, wow, this is so great because literally you are an authority figure in their lives. And when you pump this kind of nonsense into their brains, you're responsible for it. So this guy, he also uh, failed a kid on a, a quiz after the kid said that men can't get pregnant, which is true, empirically, right? Yeah, but yes, you're right. And that's how Jason first brought this teacher to the city's attention. Right, exactly. Uh, and to be fair, a parent reached out to the Jason Ranch show mm-hmm. with, concer- with concerns. about As what they should be kids- concerned. As they should, but... but- I, I would also, I will try to see the other side of the argument where the teacher says Here to this. Here comes Spike with, with a bad take. take. Um, Here comes produce, Spike with a bad take. That's what will be back on Wednesday. So oh, we'll, we'll I have, have to do it unplugged. Acoustic version yeah. of Spike's Please, bad take. Spike, tell us what's your if, bad take. If someone has a gender, a trans issue, in their, or uh, someone's trans, mm-hmm. and they um, were born biologically female, they identify as a male. We respect them enough to consider them and call them, refer to them as a male. We had this argument, and I, know, and and that I person won, can still... and you agreed with me. I, I hate losing. Do... <laughs> I want to relitigate. Wait, relitigate. Do you, do you don't remember this argument? No, I remember completely, but what I still was think my, I'm right. What was the point that I made? Because you agreed with me at the end of the argument. I, 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 some learning lesson, some, some, I push out of my mind. No, okay. This what, is what, what I said. Trans men can get pregnant. 
men cannot get pregnant. If that was on that's the quiz, yes. yeah, trans. Should have said trans men. Exactly. You're right. Poor writing skills exactly. by the teacher. Exactly. Fair, you're so, right. I had forgotten you made exactly. that excellent point. So, back so this then. is why I always say we had this argument. I was right, and then Spike goes, "What argument?" And I right. go, "Great." I'm and wasting my life. This is also why we podcast the show, so I can go back and listen to that <laughs> at any time and and get the so, get it right again. Most recently, this teacher came out being a pro. Hamas, which is a difficult thing to see from a, a person who works in academia, because you would imagine that this is someone who is influencing the minds of young children, and you would at least want them to be able to provide context for what Hamas is as an organization versus the IDF or whatever it is. W one of the things I always appreciated about my very, I went to a very liberal college. I basically went to UCSC, which is a little socialist indoctrination factory. Right? <laughs> but none of the professors there ever gave us one side of the argument ever. Right. So when we okay. talk, when, even when I had Marxist professors, they would say, this is Marxist ideology. This is how it fails in these circumstances. Mm -hmm. This is how it succeeded in historical context. Now let's write and discuss, right? Yeah, we were never yeah. told like, okay, comrades. So when Marx said- Everybody Get out your berets. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Put them on. We're having a moment. So what this individual is doing is something that I think is actually a consequence of what's happening nationally because the teachers have been resigning en masse since the end of covid I've recently started getting on my YouTube feed video after video after video after video of teachers saying, I taught for 20 years and I left. I taught for 25 years and I left and here is why. And all too often what they are citing is not only influence from principals and superintendents who are telling them exactly what they have to teach, meaning the, to, the, to the word where they're like, well, I'm not even teaching anymore, I'm just reading a script. And a lot of it has to do with this kind of what I will refer to as a lesson plan, but we could actually see it as an ideology where they're saying, I want to be able, I got into teach because I'm passionate about teaching, not being a, basically a bullhorn for whatever political messaging the, the school board the wants superintendent to The superintendent or the district right. wants exactly. to put forth. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think it's bad that a teacher says, I identifies as a communist? No. I don't either. Uh, no. Thank you, because that, that's mentioned in the article. No, it's I, on I, I had lots of, I had, I've had tons of communist professors. I've had tons of Marxist professors. I've had tons of uh, free market professors, Gramscian economic theory. You know, I've had the whole gambit. And what's interesting about academics like that is they, they're in process with discourse more often than not. Okay. It's, it's not a it's not a final resolution for them because they're in academia. Contrary to what many of my conservative colleagues would say about people in academia, every professor that I ever ran into was in process and in dialogue with these concepts. They were in no way, shape, or form just kind of like uh, what's the word ideologues. Oh, right? right, right. Which is or often these... the accusation made against most teachers. To your point about teachers resigning from the profession, right? About being told what they can and cannot say. I, I've I've read that a lot of teachers have left the industry, the profession, also due to parental involvement. There's, yeah, there's a big part of that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, th this is something that can get resolved, but I think the issue here is that because school districts and boards, there's less and less teachers who want to work. Excuse me. There's less and less people who want to work as teachers. And yeah, so you end yeah. up with these kinds of people who have a credential and they have the education, but they don't necessarily have the skill of teaching. This person is not actually teaching. You understand? They're like they're lecturing and they're trying to force people to think a very particular way. Well, the, the, we're assuming because it's been put forth accused that this teacher isn't offering both sides of the issue. As you mentioned, your teachers always did. Right. I, I don't know that that's the case. I know teachers or parents are worried about that. The article alludes to that. 
uh, in a way that I can't imagine this guy is even handed or, or seeing both sides of the issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know that to be true. I hope that it isn't true. I hope this teacher does present. I'm a communist. This is the, we're in a capitalist society. These are the benefits and pros and cons on both both sides of the aisle. You know, I, gotta get I hope my, that's the case. Well, yeah, I, I missed a perfect opportunity here because you know what the bell sounds like in his classroom? Mm-mm. Sounds like this. <laughs> Whenever the lesson oh, starts, yeah, just get up. Yeah, stand. <laughs> yeah, face the face the red flag. Stand, comrades. Yes. In the United States of Karl Marx. So, speaking of, by the way, should you be required to have liability insurance if you own a gun? The picture that was chosen by our fine uh, contributors over at My Northwest, maybe, maybe not so heavy-handed with the picture over at My Northwest. The article was written wonderfully by Matt Markovich, but this what, picture is a what's, little what's heavy-handed. It's okay, a, it's, it's somebody reaching, it's somebody reaching for a PPK, and okay. it's a little handgun, and uh-huh. they are what is on their ring, Mister O'Neill? Do you see that? Oh, that's um. Is he a member of the uh, Knights of the Templar or Templar Knights? It's a Christian ring. It's a cross. It's a cross, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? So this is clearly a dig on. I mean, the subtext of this image is that uh, uh, this guy, this Christian, is reaching for his gun, right? They're, you're trying to combine the two in some. Is that kind of a way. Bible or a desk that he's on top of? I can't tell from this. <laughs> the photo's not clear. So it's uh, Senate Bill fifty nine sixty three would mandate all firearm owners in Washington to acquire and consistently maintain a residential dwelling policy and or insurance policy that covers losses and damages resulting from accidental discharge of a firearm. I happen to think that this is very based. I have yet to read the entirety of the bill. Because I think if there's any language in there that might suggest that they're trying to like shoehorn something in, I wouldn't be in favor of it. Right. Uh, that's, you know what I mean? that's, that's very fair. Yeah. So, but I do think that if you own a firearm, you should have liability insurance in the same way that if you drive a car. I don't think that there's a human being out there that could say to me, I don't need insurance to drive my car. Right. And make a valid argument for that. I, I think that's impossible. To or health that. insurance yeah. or whatever it is. I think that in, in, I know that. You and I disagree a lot about guns, but mm-hmm. I think we the conversation should move away from Jesus gave me the right to own <laughs> firearms. You won't take them from me, you filthy communist. I think we need to change the argument from that to well, what does reasonable firearm ownership look like in 2024? And if I want to have an AR-15 with a 30 clip in it, I should probably also own liability insurance. I think that's totally fair. And there's anything wrong with it. No, but then right. your side of the argument, Spike, has to make some concessions. So if I want to own an AR-15 with a 30 clip, you should leave me alone, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to do it. No, I don't. I don't want to do, do that at all. But okay, he doesn't want to do it. If you'll give me insurance and safe, responsible ownership guidelines, mm-hmm. I'll give you a more thirty clip laxed uh, ownership parameter. I want my thirty. Yeah. Well, that's here's the problem. You've already got that. Without the responsible ownership requirements, without the insurance requirements. Not in this state, dog. What are you talking about? I can't get a 30 clip in this state. I can't get extended mags in this state. Well, that, that's that's what the, I want them back for insurance. That's what the... <laughs> see, we're talking. We're negotiating. We've got a dialogue. <laughs> we're, this is what statesmanship looks like. Yes, exactly. Well, also, and this is what it sounds like. Right, exactly. Right? That's what statesmanship can, sounds like. Can I just add something really quick? Sure. I, I am getting... So... Uh, have you seen the this the the ads that are they're trying to push through to get the gun control bill in the house the the big national one that they're trying to push through? I haven't yet. It's the, it's the saddest thing, dude. They they got some of the parents from Sandy Hook to come. Okay. 
and they relive that trauma of their children dying, and then they ask people to donate or endorse for this measure that's trying I, to get I have through. Actually, I have seen these ads, but so, I've tuned them out. Right, so but this is my issue with that. One, that's gross, but then two, not... I'm not not what they're asking for because we can debate that. Okay. What I'm saying is that the company that went to those parents and said, "Will you guys be the face of our campaign?" And that's Sandy Hook promises are, their organization. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't, but don't they have more of a right to ask for this legislation than anybody else? Don't they have more skin in the game than anybody else? So you're this, assuming you're assuming you they, don't they they got take, brought into this. No, what Maybe I'm they saying started. what I'm saying is that it, if this is a much more meta conversation. But when people, oh, we're out of time. <laughs> people okay. need to do something with their grief. Yeah. And a mistake that people often make is they take their grief and their sorrow and they use it as an activation mechanism to live in it, right? So rather than yeah. these parents going out and talking about it, lecturing about grief and loss and the healing process, right. they do the Sandy Hook promise. And in a, you watch these videos of them, and they just start crying again because yeah. the grief is of so course. momentous. Yeah. yeah. So to them, it's an ongoing agitation as opposed to finding some semblance of healing and peace of mind, which I, is what I that looked at it from that perspective. Look at, look, look at what the mom did with Ethan's law, and yeah. that's a totally different story of that yeah, mom yeah. who pushed that legislation through, yeah. which is now great. I think it, like twenty five states have adopted it. It's great. She's great. She talks about it. She talks about the healing process. It's wonderful. She's not going around re-agitating her grief mechanism. But we can talk about this more when this becomes more of a debate. Again, that's SB 5963. We'll take a really quick break. When we get back, Terminally Online, a rap song reached number one on the charge. And it was an AI rap song. That oh, is, it wasn't the new Megan the Stallion's no, war with, no, it's uh, like a, with uh, it's like a it Nicki Minaj wasn't Hiss or Bigfoot. No, no it's like a totally it's like totally fake and everybody bought into it. And, and number one? Yeah, but it's it's a term that I'll call animosity consumption, and we'll talk about it when we get back right after this. The internet can be a dark and often dangerous place. Only one man has the courage to go where no sensible person would go. Jack Stein is terminally online. Terminally online. Wasting my life on the internet so you don't have to. Ben Shapiro is a popular conservative commentator who uh, also sells people products that they don't want and they don't need. For instance, just so people know, um, Pure Talk USA. Are you familiar with this company? I've heard of it. Big cell company that they talk to. Pure Talk. It's a cell phone. It's a cell phone company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. And they say, they add basically, the read, the copy basically goes like this. Don't give your money to these woke companies who hate you like Verizon or AT&T. Give it to Pure Talk USA, a company that holds your values. They use the same network as the big guys. I heard that phrase and I thought, they use the same network as the big guys. So I did a little bit of digging and then I found out that Ben is asking his consumers to go to Pure Talk who rents towers from AT&T so that they can offer the same service. And I said to myself, man, if I, I'm not saying the man's a grifter, but if I needed to run a grift, that's the way that I would do it, right? Don't give your money to the big guys. Give it to us. Give we'll it take to a middle some, man. And then we'll give your money to the big guys. <laughs> we'll give your money to Less AT&T. <laughs> we'll take a cut of your conservative <laughs> dollars, and then we'll rent the extra bandwidth from AT&T. For and, more uh, than they would charge for you. For more than they would charge you. <laughs> 
And that's what that's how Ben Shapiro makes his money. But besides all that, he also decided to participate in a rap so that people would engage in something that's called anim- that I have coined animosity consumption. Animosity consumption is when you don't really need the product, but you buy it because you're owning by in doing so you are signaling to to everybody in your group and also owning the libs. Does that make sense? Or you're owning the conservatives by buying this thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand the concept. So an example would be another one from the Daily Wire is that Hershey's came out with a pro-trans ad. Okay. Oh, I remember this. Right? The, the candy bar. So they yeah. started making the her slash she bar. Yeah. Now, I can buy six Hershey bars for $2.50 on Amazon. Or I can buy the white label product, which is $25 for six chocolate bars. And the only reason anybody would do that is because of animosity consumption. Also, another way to phrase that would be like white label consumption. It's not a superior product. It's the same product, but because it's got a different label, people want to buy it. It doesn't support the alphabet wars. So Ben linked up with a guy. He's a Canadian. His name is Tom McDonald. And Tom's fans are... uh, his fan base is largely alt-right. And I don't say that as a pejorative. I just say it as they're mostly white identitarians. Uh, They are mostly people who are uh, very, very concerned with wokeism. Tom himself espouses kind of like moderate ideas, but then he raps about how much he doesn't like this like woke culture type stuff and how much he loves Donald Trump. So it's a little duplicitous. So they link up and Ben Shapiro is a, you know, he's a classically uh, trained violinist. I did not. He's very talented, which is a shame that he took all that talent and put it into mid-tier political discourse <laughs> because he would make a fantastic violin player professionally. What, well, I ask yourself, what does the average concert violinist make these days? What's he bringing down? Well, he bring a lot more happiness into the world. Happiness, I'll tell you not what he's, not, not not what he's what he doing now. Out. Not what What's he's he bringing down? down. So what he did is, it's actually really <laughs> clever, is they took they took Ben, I'm assuming reading these words, and then they plugged it into an AI converter. So that they could snap it to the grid because Ben can't rap. Okay. And so then they took an AI version of Shapiro and they embedded him into the video itself. And then it shot to number one on Apple Music. Here's what Ben's AI verse sounded like uh, uh, on YouTube. Let's look at the stats. I've got the facts. My money like lizard. My pockets are fat. Homie, I'm epic. Don't be a whack. Dog, it's a yarmulke. Homie, no cap. Look at the graphs. Look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers and cars. You going to prison. I'm on television. Dogs, no one knows who you are. So you can hear, you hear how snappy that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's snapped right to the grid. It's completely digital. We get the idea. But what I saw is that it, <laughs> it's, it, pretty it, awful. it's pretty awful, but it reached number one on the iTunes, uh, the Apple Music charts, okay. because that like the company's idea is that, oh, help us own the left. Help, help us own the left by buying our song. Help us own the left. <laughs> help us own these liberals by buying our chocolates. Help us own the woke left. Help us own the communists by buying our razors. The Daily Wire is ostensibly a news outlet. In actuality, it is a storefront. This is very key for people to understand. We at Cairo Radio, we're not selling you Cairo Radio branded chocolates. We're not selling you Cairo Radio branded razors or whatever it might be. People might pay for those coffee mugs, though. Those are great, <laughs> great the coffee mugs. The went for a premium. I know. The holiday so magic. be careful, you, careful. Don't, don't what, lock off a revenue stream. What I'm saying here is that is that although I know that people have a lot of allegiance to Shapiro or any of the guys or Candace Owens or whoever it is over the Daily Wire, and I'm not going to fault them for having a, a conservative point of view. I will fault them entirely 
for commodifying people's fear and animosity about their country and saying, use retail therapy to fight off the woke leftists. You know, you could do a lot more to change people's ideology in this country by just talking. Isn't that so amazing? You just open your mouth you and have, words you come out. Shout? You don't have to buy chocolates. <laughs> you don't have to buy razors. You don't have to buy bad movies that other studios didn't want. I'm not saying this is this actually. No, it is a statement of fact. You can go. Lady Ballers wasn't getting bid on by the big that companies. That's a, you want to know about Lady Ballers, which I saw that <laughs> script was being shopped around for a while. And then Jeremy Boring took it and he rewrote it to update it because he said it needed a little bit more work on it, okay. which is why it's such a mess. I'd be happy to review that movie at some point in time in the future this is what this is the problem with the daily wire as a, as a business enterprise is that they're saying oh we're doing battle and we're fighting for you just make sure that you spend 99 dollars a year on our subscription service and make sure that you buy our razors and make sure that you use our cell phone service and make sure that you invest in gold do you understand what i'm saying this is only ostensibly a news outlet in actuality it is a storefront in the same way that Fortnite or any of these other kind of you know commodities that people yeah. think that it's the first thing it's actually for you to just deposit your money into can, can we put out a product on oh god uh, it's a great business idea i don't want weight to just, loss no i don't want to just give it to Beer them trimmer no 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 stop 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 <laughs> um it's coffee it's daily. Uh, what, what's the what's the website? Daily? They already make coffee. They yeah. already have a coffee. Thing. Yeah, but it's it's decaf. But we don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's, it, you will not be woke right. on this coffee. Right, right. It will never. You will never you be never woke. Wake up. Never wake. Never woke. This coffee. is your advertising brain going off right here. <laughs> yes, but and I, like, the storefront. Yeah, if you go if you go to the Daily Wire, the, the first but, thing you're blasted with is buy this, oh, yeah, buy, oh, this no, no. buy this, isn't, buy this, isn't buy this. Isn't the alt right newspaper called Stormfront? Yeah. Couldn't they just take that logo and twist the M into an E and make it storefront? Wouldn't their clients <laughs> love that? Wait, what? I'm trying to brand for them. The day, hey, wait. Is it, is it Can you put this, this magnificent business mind towards us, maybe? Sure. Yeah. Like, Buy the coffee mugs. They're available now. Right. What I'm saying is that like the <laughs> whole, you, the whole purpose of Shapiro participating... It's in, a grift. It's, well, it's a grift, yeah, but it's also like... You can't at one point in time say, I'm tired of Americans being divided and I wish that we could just talk to each other and then also have the entirety of your identity being that we are, quote unquote, at war. Yeah. Those are <laughs> diametrically opposed. Your business models division. Ideas, right? Yeah. So if, you, if you're doing this thing where it's like, well, we need to talk to each other more, but I don't want gay people to be married and I don't think that trans people are real and I don't want there to be any social services for people who are less off than I am. And also kids in school don't deserve AC because that's, that's a, it's a mom and dad problem. And also, uh, you know what I mean? Like, well, well the, the song, right? The song itself. I'm, it's I'm trash. It's garbage. Well, I'm trying to listen to the lyrics. All the lyrics are are an attack on the content of most hip hop and rap. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 so they're yeah, using yeah. they're using their own medium in right. hip hop or rap to attack the contents. Like they're yeah. the bench superior. Right. I'm not in jail. I got money. I'm right. fat. And the, it's not a yarmulke. I don't wear cash. And the, blah, blah, blah. the meta commentary on this though is that he does this so that people talk about it, so that it's a it's a, a tribal indicator. So that if people hear that I am displeased with it, do you understand it's he's it's, owning us. It's no 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 no. He it 
He's only me. Spike, sometimes you add things that are like completely irrelevant to whatever okay. point that I'm trying to make. I'm trying to like, keep up. No, what I'm saying is like sometimes I'll make it in the middle of composing a thought and then you're like, let me just interject this like random thing. It's like doing radio with a macaw. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm like Pretty in boy. the middle of constructing a thought and my then apologies. out of nowhere. No, it's all right. Mark. No, my apologies. No, I, all right. I derailed the train. When thought. we get back, see, the city of Seattle is banning throwing batteries in the garbage in the recycling bin. Uh, somebody amongst us did not know that this was not a law or, or this, they thought that this was the law. Who yes? amongst us? Who amongst us? That. Also, Brandon Belfair wants to know how much for our mugs. So if you want a Jack and Spike mug well, or T-shirt, we got a white we got know. a white label that. So an average mug is like two dollars or three dollars, and so if, if for a Cairo Radio mug, it's got to be at least twenty five because we're fighting the woke left. <laughs> <laughs> twenty five to own it, it on the back. We it says liberal make merch tears. And give it away. <laughs> yeah, no. If I if we have merch, I'm just gonna give it away. I'll just that's not even gonna be at cost. You can just have it uh, as soon as we. As soon as we can expense that for taxes. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. The city of Seattle has decided to ban throwing batteries in the garbage or the recycling bin. Now, this is a travesty of justice, and I won't stand for it because we all know if you're a real American, what you do with your batteries once they're dead is you take them out and you throw them in the battery drawer so they get mixed in with the good ones. <laughs> Everybody knows this. It's been since time immemorial. Uh, my wife would divorce me and move me out of the house if I did that. That's because your wife's not a real American. I said it. <laughs> I said it. So officials say it's time to stop. And so now uh, I guess if you, if you, you have to take your expired batteries to Seattle Public Utilities sites or you have to do a clandestine move where you separate your batteries from your actual trash so mm-hmm. that they can't track them back to you, I guess. The other <laughs> Put them in your you. neighbor's trash can. <laughs> Put them in your neighbor's trash It's yeah. always been the case that they ask you to separate those. And there's, and there's a facility at the waste recycling, at the, the natural waste, whatever they call the place, um, solid waste that you can drop off toxic stuff. A car battery, for example, has got to go to the hazardous waste dump. That makes sense. You can't take it to a garbage makes dump. Makes sense. But I love the idea of just throwing it back in the drawer. Then it's like I'm in Vegas. Right. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm reaching in. I'm pulling out batteries. Is it good or bad? Oh, now, another loser. Now, Laura, I believe, if I'm correct about this, you actually thought that this was this was already illegal, correct? Yes, and that I'd been breaking the law for years. Right. So this is the thing <laughs> is that this mm-hmm. is this is what the expectation is, and this is why this is ridiculous. You throw your batteries away. Got a couple of double A's. I'm mm-hmm. done with these. Whoop, in the trash bin they go. Then when they go to the processing center, you got the men and the women who cut open the bags. They mm-hmm. dump everything out. Right. Somewhere in that mess, they have to see two little double A's, and they go, aha, I found one. They then have to, as the, the little thing is moving, the conveyor belt's as the, the garbage conveyor away. belt yeah. is, they have to then rifle through your garbage or stop the whole process, mm-hmm. find a receipt a legal document, whatever it is, and then they have to identify you, take it to somebody who then says, we will track this person down, and then somehow prove beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law that those, in fact, were your batteries, and thus it is illegal in nature, right? So, so you should throw them in the recycling bin, because that way there's letters and envelopes well, with your they, name on they it. Easier it. to identify. They banned it, but they didn't really like, I mean, it just doesn't really, in what way do you enforce it, right? That's like, there shall be no needles in haystacks, henceforth. It is banned. (laughs) It is illegal. How do you enforce that? 
There painfully. Is, painfully, <laughs> exactly. And then they say to dispose of your batteries, officials say to drop them off at SPU North or Southern transfer stations. Great. So now, what? like once, once a they're month. segregated. Who, right. And also, who uses, re, I have reusable batteries that yeah. I use for my, for my beard trimmer, but when it runs out of battery, I just use the wall plug and I move on with my life. Like, Do you I, recharge those reusable batteries? Because that's incredibly planet-friendly. R- I'm really just saying, is. this isn't the 90s anymore. It's not like we use, like, remember you get a stereo back in the day, and it would take, like, eight triple-D batteries, yeah, and yeah. it would weigh 400 pounds. Sure. And you had to walk around with it listening to, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Vanilla Ice. A public Enemy or whatever <laughs> sure, it was. Sure, you had better taste than right. me. Right. Uh, it just doesn't. That we don't live in that world anymore. It's almost like they're twenty years too late. It's not what not, they're thirty years too late. It's not ninety four anymore. Have the, you been? Have you been to Costco lately? Yeah, it's all batteries and the, free samples. the market for disposable batteries mm-hmm. is huge. Right. There's still a ton of people who haven't made it to this millennium yet that are still churning through these disposable batteries at, at an alarming rate. Costco always weirds me out. It feels like a very hive-like experience. Like, I, like we're all like ants. You cannot speak ill of Costco in this state. Why? <laughs> I'm warning you now. I'll do it all day long, dude. I I just think it's weird that there's you, you walk into a Costco and everybody's milling around and mm-hmm. we're all just consuming and consuming. And oh, I need this and I need 400 pounds of turmeric and I need uh, egg rolls to last me until 2035. Like, and we're all just walking around and nobody's really thinking about it. just all kind of like passive consumerism as you're just loading it all into your. Th- into your crate. Notice how you're walking off this pier by yourself and no one's supporting your argument. Good morning, you Jack. This Don't is come through the Kirkland Daddy. Well, I mean, the I think the. Never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, no, you. No, you're, no finish it. No, keep walking. <laughs> keep walking off this plank. It's fun to watch you. Costco is uh, is first off one of the best run companies in the world. Takes great care of their employees. But they really do. <laughs> I, I, I was I was making a fantastic joke. fantastic local company. You're right. We do, I didn't need snow tires. I don't even have a car, but I bought eight. Because they were such so well. I don't. For, I forget about rechargeable batteries. Can I be honest? I I totally use disposable batteries. I used to have Ridwell too. Um, that which I think is also a local company, isn't it? That will let you sort your your um hard to throw away or recycle items into separate bins. And yeah, into we cute, have it cute little bags. And uh, but it was too expensive, and I, I had you to okay, cancel. buddy? All right, we'll take a really quick break. <laughs> Sorry, when we Jack. get back. Uh, yeah, we'll have a lot more, but we'll get back right after this.